Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey everybody! Welcome to Marriage Martinis. I'm Adam. Here's Daniel. Hello. I'm I, I'm curious what made you. All right, let me back step there. What made you think of doing communication for this episode? Is it everything that we've been going through? Is it like did that spark this? Well, yeah, I've been. We've been doing a lot of work, um, you know, with a therapist, and also, I think well you've been so busy and everything. So that's sort of like hindered it a little bit, but um, yeah, I think we have been, look, we've been trying to do a lot of work for a long time, but also planning this workshop and everything I have done so much research and spoken to so many people about communication and effective communication. And those are two very different things. And, you know, communication versus comprehension. You know, you could spend forever mm -hmm. communicating to somebody what you need and what you want. Um, it's about comprehension, comprehension, and how do and how do they digest what you're saying and then act on it, right? Right. And in in the middle of that, there's the delivery of the communication, which can either dissuade or help the person that you're speaking to absolve that information or try to, you know, think about it a certain way. Right. And then there's also the conveyed. amount of time that you've been trying to convey the information and they haven't really been listening. And so you get really frustrated and then it looks like you're just being aggressive with the delivery when really it's like, I've told you this so many times. I know. And the aggression just makes it so hard to be able to comprehend anything <laughs> somebody is saying from the other end. <laughs> so we're the perfect people to do this episode. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, all right, so lots of shit been going on. Sorry, we've been away. Here we are. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're doing it. We're back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're back. <laughs> we're back, baby. Um, side note, I wanted to recommend, what was the name of the movie we just watched? The oh, I, Alive. Put on, I put it on Instagram. Um, blah, 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 Society of the Snow on Netflix. That was the movie or the documentary? The movie. Society of the Snow? The documentary was Prisoners of the Snow. Oh, okay. Yeah, all about the um, Uruguayan uh, plane. Yeah, if you saw the movie Alive from Yeah, but this 90s. is so much different and so yeah. much more intense. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was really good. Mm -hmm. Highly recommend it. Mm -hmm. It was awesome. It out there. Yeah. Yeah. And... Oh, boy. <laughs> speaking about communication, I, I think I kind of tricked you a little bit to... Because we just watched the movie Ex Machina. And I wanted you to see it because you love Black Mirror. I mean, I don't know if you love it as much as I do, but you really like it. No, I, I love certain episodes. Right. 
I was like, you need to see this movie. It's like Black Mirror. You're going to love it. I, I, like, I just wanted to watch it again because I haven't seen it in a few years. Well, like, that's always what you do. <laughs> you try to you you love to pick the movie, and so you <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I did a little finagling of the uh, finagling of, of of the reasoning the behind the manipulation of the reasoning for you know it was pretty good <laughs> ex machina it was pretty good i highly rec- i highly recommend it if you I, like that I, kind of stuff. i liked the first half and then it got a little ridiculous okay mm-hmm. all right moving on i just wanted to okay throw that in there okay so let's uh talk about communicating talk about communicating let's, communicate, let's communicate let's communicate about let's communicating. get our communication on baby <laughs> uh-huh um you wanted to start kind of from childhood is that where you wanted it or just get into like us? What, what were your thoughts? No, I think childhood has a and growing up has a huge impact on how we communicate. I mean, mm-hmm. so much has a huge impact on how we communicate and, you know, how we express ourselves and um, are we able to express ourselves? And, um, you know, I think, look, we're never taught. I mean, with the rare exception, maybe of people who had parents or went to a school that was revolved around open communication, I think so many of us <coughs> were never in a situation where people really sat down and told us um, what effective communication looks like. And uh, and so when you get into a marriage, you know, I never, we're not, some religions do that pre-Cana. What's that? Um before you get married where you meet like mm-hmm. i guess with a priest or a pastor or i don't really know okay someone can fill me in i have friends who've done it um and you talk you know you talk about stuff which seems cool which seems Makes great sense. i don't know if there's um an element of teaching how to communicate or i don't know anything like that if it, if people felt like they were better prepared for their marriage doing pre-cana if not i should do a poll about that well you i mean you asked me that i was i ever taught how to communicate and i i really didn't even know what that meant like what it, did somebody sit me down and say this is how you communicate in this situation or in a relationship or in business or in like i didn't even understand like no i, I don't remember ever sitting down with somebody and you know, this is the proper way to communicate. I didn't know that. Not like, like Full that. House where the last two minutes <laughs> right. the music comes on and they talk to the girls about whatever happened. And... <laughs> that was a lesson, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They were like communicating to their kids about, you know, mm-hmm. always the music would come on and right. the last minute and a half. Yeah. I, but I don't remember that much of, again, I, I say this every time I try to go back to my childhood or into my past. I'm like, I don't remember, you know, what, what was communication like in my household. I remember, you know, the day-to-day stuff, you know, uh, you know, homework and school and, you know, talking about my day, you know, those kinds of things. I don't remember the, you know, were there situations that, whatever happened that we need to discuss. Let's talk about why this is a learning life lesson or something like that. I don't remember those things. Um, And again, I was also not a communicator. You know, like I didn't talk about, I I was a loner, (laughs) like for a long time. Like I wanted to be on my own. You know, from a young age, I was away at sleepaway camp. I went to 
boarding high school, like I was always wanted to be away. I always wanted to be on my own. I, I never had that drive to, you know, communicate with my family or tell them what's going on in my life or what, you know, I made a mistake. Let's talk about it kind of thing, you know? So I don't, I don't remember very much of like those full house sit down moments going. I think my parents tried sometimes. Like if I was going through some shit, they would be like, we'd, we'd have a sit down in the kitchen and it'd be like, you know, what's going on? How can we help you? How can, you know, th- that happened. Well, that was few, good. That happened a few times, you mm-hmm. know, you know, they tried with me with therapy. They tried with, you know, and it, it came down to, you know, boarding school. Like that was the last resort, you know, but I remember a few of so those. So they sent you to a very expensive, <laughs> gorgeous Beauty boarding school, which was right, the, where, where the I never, punishment. Where I, before going there, I never smoked. I never did mm-hmm. drugs. I never did, you know, I was right. never did any of that stuff. And then when you go to a rich boarding school where everybody no, else is rich. In the 90s, yeah, not now. Correct. Right, right. Uh, but, or maybe now in some places. But. but but I think there was a lot of trial on their, or my mother's end at least, for mm-hmm. that much. Um, I was just not willing to give. I wasn't willing mm-hmm. to better myself and communicate about what was going on. Well, an expert in communication would say mm-hmm. that you were communicating to them what was going on by, by acting out, by acting out, by closing off, by all of those things that was, you know, that that is every action is a communication in life, right? You're you, you know, you're communicating something that's going on in your head or in your life. Um, just by actions that it doesn't have to be a sit down we're 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 absorbing and you know and letting off communication every second of the day um yeah I, in I some guess. way or another i mean i look back at it like i was just fucked up or you know like i was prone to being you know bad or making mistakes and doing the wrong thing you know Still to this day, you know, I don't like, know if I think people are just fucked up. I yeah, don't know I don't that know. I, I mean, I think there are situations obviously where look, you know, when you think about opioids and everything and people, you know, going on, um, Percocet or what yeah, was I think the that's one? Like, the, yeah, like that they, that's they a are a hundred percent. Yeah. But I, but I think if you are reacting, you know, if you are in life, some of it is obviously just experimenting, right? I mean, in you know, when you're younger, you experiment and everything. But I think that there's, it's a there's a shady gray area where you're doing things to escape or to not have to reflect, you know. So I do believe that like you you are communicating all the time. Obviously, you know, talking about it is a different animal, but. You know, I think that experts in communication would say that you were very much communicating things. Um, I I guess, mm-hmm. you know, I wasn't trying to. <laughs> you know, I was just, it's lashing out and acting out and being who I was, you know, like who I, at least who I, who I thought I was, and that was the way it is. Like that you were just born like that? Uh, yeah. I mean, I remember from a very, you know, as far back as I can remember, just, you know, being that kind of kid, being that kind of person. Mm-hmm. So, okay. yeah, but okay. I'm sure for you, it's the complete opposite. I'm sh- like, there must've been a ton of communica- communication going on in your house. Mm. Well, first of all, don't forget. I was t- I'm 10 years younger than my brother, seven years younger than my sister. Um, so they were both kind of gone by, you know, the time I was 
in kindergarten or first grade. Mm. Um, you know, they were off at college and everything. So where I think where when you have siblings and you're all sort of similar ages, um, you know, there's a lot of communicating or being sat down by your parents saying, you know, this is not how you treat each other. This is not how you interact. And But they weren't home very much. And during the summers, I was at a sleepaway camp. So when they were home, I was gone. Um, so it's interesting. I, I don't know that there was a ton of sit-down communication. I Maybe not just sit-down communication, but maybe, you know, when, you, when I see you interact with your parents or your, you know, your siblings now, you know, or anybody, you know, you're a very outspoken you say what's on your mind. You, mm-hmm. you know, you say it and, it, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know that I was always like that. No? Mm-mm. I I don't think so. I, m- maybe, maybe to a degree, but that has come with age and, um, you know, and just maybe being more passionate about certain things. But, but when I was younger, you know, first of all, my dad worked all the time. You know, he was a doctor and he was gone all the time. He was gone in the middle, you know, get a call in the middle of the night, be gone. Um, his hours were crazy. And he was certainly, you know, involved and around as much as he could be. But um, but no, I don't, you know, it was hard because, first of all, I, I don't, I think people who grew up in the 80s and 90s like we did, um, it was a different it was a different thing. There wasn't the helicopter parenting and everything. Like they didn't know really what was going on. And there are sometimes that I think to myself, like, where the fuck were they? Like, you know, like right. well, you know, certain things where I'm like, how was I allowed? How? Right. How, well, at least how? I think where we were from, you know, dads worked, so they weren't home. You know, mm-hmm. that was what I saw for the most part, at least in my household and the surrounding areas, you know, of everybody that I knew. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. when, you know, we were, if the mom stayed home or she worked too, whatever it was, we were at school all day. We came home and we left when we got home and came back at night. And, you know, so there wasn't that time to, they didn't know where we were, or what we yeah. were doing or, you know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, there were definitely times when I got in trouble, you know, I, where I did things that were, I mean, I could have even gotten in so much more trouble. I think back sometimes and I like get the chills. Um, but there were certainly times, you know, I got in a really bad car accident after curfew and I was supposed to be home. And I remember, you know, my dad had to come pick me up and coming home and like getting into bed with my mom. Cause all I wanted was my mom. And, you know, she was, she wasn't mean and she wasn't, but you could tell she was, concerned Mm -hmm. and um you know and I remember being in the back of a movie theater (laughs) when I was like six I don't know sixth or seventh grade making out with a boy um and my mom came to pick me up at the movies and I wasn't there and you know this is like stranger danger time when you know everybody's getting kidnapped Mm -hmm. or so you think from the media and I remember my my the boy who I was with, we I went out to look for my mom. She wasn't there anymore. I guess she had left, what she had left. And so his mom drove me home, and I walk in, and my mom is hysterically crying, like they had called the police. And oh, my God. I mean, she was like, you oh, know, I when guess. When you said in the back of the theater, you meant outside, behind yeah, the theater. Yeah, we were behind the I theater. I thought you were saying you were like the back row of the theater well, Probably or that, too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, um, 
<laughs> so, so in sixth grade you were behind I don't maybe I was seventh. Theater. I don't know. Maybe it was seventh. I don't know. I don't remember the movie. I don't know. I, right. I know it was my first French kiss. Picture, picture our youngest son right now. No, I know. I can't even <laughs> please don't even put that image in my mind. Um you know, so I came home and she and I was sort of like, oh shit, that was a bad move, you know, like I can't. Um so that was obviously that really impacted me. Like I, you know, I mean, I still did stupid crap after that but but my you know my mom was uh you know she she's a very like she walks around with a smile all the time people always note that she always looks happy and you know my friends would come over and they would be like oh my god like I love your mom I love hanging mm-hmm. out with her blah, blah, blah. and then we would do something to get in trouble and they'd be like dude that bitch is scary <laughs> you know like she was a screamer I never she saw was any a of that no I, I never saw her. Right, ever. I guess now why would you? But not only that, speak like one of the things that brought this up for me was seeing you interact with your mother when either you're upset with her or you think she did something. Like you're screaming and yelling now? and being oh yeah. Oh. And you're like mean. And I and she never raises her voice. She never she just like kind of settles back scream into at my it. mom now. I, you're sometimes not very nice. <laughs> she can be annoying. <laughs> and, and like for stupid things, like not, you know, this, I'm not yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. like big, you know, whatever, but yeah, I I've, guess there's history there, you know? I, yeah. I, which I understand, but I've never seen her retaliate in any way, raising a decibel in her voice whatsoever. Like, yeah. She's not a screamer anymore. I think since she had grandkids, like, I mean, it really is the kind of situation I think with your mom too, where, their grandkids could literally do anything and it would be, mm-hmm. you know, the other person's fault. Like they could chainsaw them into a thousand pieces and it would be like, they must have been a really bad person. <laughs> right. I can understand mm-hmm. why they did so that. So I don't, yeah. I think that has changed her a little bit. And, um, you know, and I think she probably like, she's not raising me anymore, right? She doesn't need to, you know. Uh, but, but I, she was very, very loud. When she was angry. Blown away. Really? I am blown away. Um, she, You know, going to my room was a huge thing. I always used to get sent to my room. I would go in there. I'd rip down the posters off my wall because I was so mad and then be like <laughs> super upset that I had ripped the posters down. Um, You know, that was a lot of the the punishment was being sent to my room, right? Which is sort of like, even though I get it because you just don't even want them around you anymore, your kids, you know, you're sort of like just go away I can't even deal with you you know there is the other side of that which is like what are you really learning from that well I I mean I used to get sent to my room and my Nintendo was there and my music was no I didn't have any I had a stereo but it wasn't until my dad got home and came into my room and like ripped the TV out of the wall like it it was those big ass box TVs back in the day so it would be like a wait till your dad comes home yeah we didn't have carry that shit out of my room and then I was like freaking out oh really I was like Looking back, I'm like, you know, you could have just took the cable. <laughs> you didn't have to take the whole fucking TV. Right, you know? right. But who knows? You know, whatever. Right. But yeah, so it was, it was, yeah, wait till your, you know, wait till your dad. You know, my mom would probably yell or whatever, mm-hmm. go to your room kind of thing. And then I was like, fuck, dad's home soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. No, she would scream and yell and send me to my room. And then I would try to come out a few times and she'd be like, get back in there. And then I'd finally come out and go into her room and be like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and when she would was ready, we would just make up. There wasn't really much talk about what happened. And my dad... I mean, 
to this, I guess to this day, but he doesn't really get mad at me for anything anymore. No, I could picture his. He, what, he probably was like back in the day. It was guilt. Yeah. It was guilt. It was a lot of guilt. It was, it was silence and I'm very, you know, appalled and astounded that you would, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And um, yeah, it was a lot. He was very soft-spoken, mm-hmm. you know, didn't really raise his voice very much. His face would get red as shit. I mean, he'd be rubbing his face and, you know. It sounds like we're very similar to the way that your parents were. Like, you're the loud screamer at the kids, and I'm the one who's like, I'm calm, and I try to talk it through. I know, it drives me crazy. I know, but I think it's very... Well, you're also not with them nearly as much as I am. No, understood. Mm-hmm. I'm sure if I was here, I'd be screaming my head off more. I yeah. Mean, I, when, when I am here, like if it's, you know, I'm, I'm off from work or whatever and I'm home, I scream the shit out of to Ian all the time. Like, right. I mean, I could ask them gently a thousand times, but I would be wasting time. So I'm not, I'm not going to like go step A to step B right. to step C. I'm just fucking going to step C because I'm going to get there anyway. Are we off topic here? We're talking I, about parenting. Maybe. No, no, communication. communication. Just, same, yeah. same kind of thing. <laughs> but anyway, I what I saw from my parents was very, very different. And I remember them having pretty intense fights. Um, but I also remember the other side, which was they were very loving to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, they were very affectionate. Um, you know, they... I remember a few times being like, are you going to get divorced? Because they had gotten in these big fights. But also... Um, I I know that I saw the other stuff too. Did you see important conversations like when they were communicating with each other? Were they real, tangible? Like, I don't know if I like was that invested in right. what was going on. I just wanted it to be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so that was really what I saw growing up, and you know, I. So yeah, what I saw was either very assertive. Communication or the disappointing oh, guilt. Don't don't use those words. We're gonna get there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, well, let's take a break and we'll get to those when we get back. Okay. All right. When was the last time you had the opportunity to come together with an incredible group of women, bust old myths and challenge gender norms, talk openly about sex and desire in a totally safe, supportive environment, and get introduced to fresh strategies, activities, games, and resources? to make communicating needs and desires more comfortable and doable than you ever thought possible? I'm guessing probably never, which is why I could not be more psyched to be hosting the three-day virtual empowering unique workshop Beyond Permission in the evenings, Eastern Standard Time from January 25th to 27th, where we're going to be spilling it all concerning midlife sex, body image, the mental load, and how to create more time, energy, and bandwidth for more mind-blowing physical pleasure and incredible intimacy like you've never experienced before. If you're a longtime Marriage and Martinis podcast listener, you've heard several episodes with sex and intimacy coach Leah Carey. Not only is Leah so knowledgeable and has helped tons of individuals and couples master effective communication in the bedroom, but she has the best stories all about finding her sexual self after the age of 40 when she set out on what started just as a road trip, but wound up being a wild journey in sexual discovery and exploration. And don't let the virtual part of the workshop fool you. We're going to be interacting, bonding, discussing, asking, and answering the questions we've always wanted to and leaving nothing left unsaid. 
And don't forget the guidebooks, downloadable resources, a la carte sessions, laser coaching, VIP packages. There's so much involved in this experience that will leave you feeling so fulfilled, proud, and more confident to go out and get what you always wanted. Head to beyondpermission.com and use code UNLEARN25 for $25 off. Don't wait. Prices are going up very soon and VIP spots are very limited. That's beyondpermission.com. Code UNLEARN25 for $25 off. I cannot wait to break boundaries with you. I think one of the differences, though, is that as girls, when we're growing up, we are in a lot of situations where we communicate. You know, we have sleepovers where we talk deep into the night um, and we deal with a lot of cattiness, you know, being dropped by a friend group or... Um, I'm not saying it's healthy communication. I mean, some of it's healthy communication. You know, you talk about stuff with your friends. Some of it's definitely not, but you're, you know, sort of figuring out the ropes and everything. I just saw Mean Girls with Mia yesterday, which, you know, the new Mean Girls. And, you know, it's, it's definitely an insight into what we often go through as girls, especially in middle school years and high school. Um, I but, can't, but I can't even imagine now compared to when you were in grade school or middle school or high school, you know, with social media and, you know, text chains and like, you know, you're ostracized. If oh, you're, for sure. You know, if you when you're when you're if you have a sleepover. Right. So you're all together talking face to face and you're having conversations, you know, whether it's, you know, you like this boy and she likes this boy and you have to like kind of talk it through or whatever. But now it's like all on Snapchat messaging you know like and then you can just be thrown out of the group or something like that and you have you don't have your place to say what's how you're feeling you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's it's got to be so much worse now well i think it it may be worse in some ways yes definitely but we had i remember three-way calling where remember Uh three-way calling where you know you push the two lines at the same time Uh or whatever um and, you know, you would be telling someone about a boy you liked or about a friend that you were mad at or whatever. And that friend would be on the other line on mute so that you couldn't hear them. And Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. So okay. there were all of these things. But also, I mean, we babysat. So, you know, I don't I didn't know none of my guy friends were babysitters. My brother didn't babysit. I don't mm. think I knew any guys who were babysitters. Nobody trusted me to babysit. <laughs> yeah, I, <don't> like <laughs> I did not babysit. <laughs> Um, and so we just had different forms and outlets for communication, right? I mean, you guys were basically, you know, if you played sports, you were, you know, communicating in some way with your team or whatever, but it was different. And so I do think that we grow up having to develop those skills in a different way, um, to move through life, right? Like the, the joke is always, oh, boys, just hit each other and then it's done or whatever Mm -hmm. you know not that that's so great either but um i mean uh, just to throw it in there it kind of is (laughs) you know growing up that way too it was you know if i got into a fight with a friend we'd kind of like hash it out you know like not fist to fist but you know it was you know a pushing thing or whatever and then it was done okay but you're not learning how to like talk things no not at all no (laughs) um so you know so it's all complicated and I don't know how much that stays with us the 
stuff we go through in middle school, I would assume a lot. But I do think that those, you know, gender roles very much are in play when we're older and, you know, we feel like we need to be the communicators and that we need to be the ones who are um, opening up and, you know, and as women. Is that what you're saying? As women. No, no, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. And I have the stats to prove it. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't want to get there yet. Let's I want I want to talk about first communication styles. Mhm. Uh, cuz I'm curious to I want your feedback on this. I want to see who are you? Who am I? Is mm-hmm. this accurate? Do you think this is bullshit? Do you think this is real? You know, I want I want to hear is what you got to say. This something from the internet? Yeah, oh, it's, it's got to be true. Mhm. Okay, I read it there. Mm-hmm. Right? So I found there were four main styles of communicate. You saw this. I mean, 17 years ago, yeah. Oh, should I not even <laughs> No, bother? yeah, 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 no, do <laughs> it, do it. It's the first time I've seen this. Yeah, I, that's not surprising, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so the first one being assertive. So the assertive communicator has a high self-esteem, is able to find a middle ground between being aggressive and submissive, and clearly communicates their needs without hurting others. The next one being aggressive. <laughs> Why are you... Go ahead. <laughs> Focused on winning. Aggressive <laughs> communicators do not take other pe- people's feelings or their needs into consideration and often achieve their goals at the expense of other people. I feel attacked. Hmm. Passive. Always trying to avoid conflict, passive communicators believe that the, that the needs and wants of other people come before their own. They highly value pleasing others and are often uncomfortable speaking up and adding their opinion to the conversation. And then lastly, passive-aggressive. Passive aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why you know this one. Mm-hmm. All right. Stemming from a feeling of powerlessness, passive-aggressive communicators seem passive externally but hide their true feelings and intentions. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on well, those? Well, you're missing a few, though. There's stonewalling. I, I'm sure I did. Yeah. I mean, No, but I'm saying that's a... You know, that's a huge thing where you just shut down. I mean, I guess that that can kind of go under passive aggressive, yeah. but. But you're feeling the feelings, but you're not communicate communicating them in any well, yeah, other way. Well, yeah, you just shut down. Yeah. You just you just decide, you know, that I'm not going to even engage and I can't handle it. And that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to show my anger and my frustration. Yeah. In other ways. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, okay, so I have a lot to say about this. Go ahead. I would love to hear it. Um, look, looking back at my mom's yelling and everything, I there's part of me that, as far as communicating goes with my mom, you know, and m- maybe I have some of this. Um, with my mom, she was the type of person, like, I could tell her anything. I mean, I could tell her, you know, I could tell her I gave a guy a blowjob the night before and she would be like, okay, well, you know, that's all right, you know, well. <laughs> like she, li- there's nothing I could tell her where she wouldn't be like gentle and loving and, you know, and, and try to figure it out with me, except when it came to her. But wait, did you? Did, did I give like, a blowjob? No, <laughs> did you? I know we, everybody <laughs> knows you give a blowjob. Yeah. If there's a man out there, no, we all come know. on. That you were there giving uh-huh. us blowjobs. Oh my god! No, but did you talk, knowing that your mother was okay with having the conversation? Did you open up to her and tell her those? Sometimes, things? sometimes, especially with my OCD, because with your right. OCD, you have to confess. Right. You have to get it off your chest, and you know, like I would have done great. I wish I had could have like gone to a confessional. I mean, I basically did for most of mm-hmm. my twenties. I was just in confessional without actually being in a church or anything. I was just confessing shit to everybody because mm-hmm. of my OCD. 
Um, no, I, rem- I just on that note, I remember being maybe 15. I went on a vacation with my dad somewhere. My mother called in the morning just to check up on us and everything. And we were at, I don't I don't remember where we were, but we were like on an island or something, you know, whatever. And I, I was talking to her on the phone. She's like, so you still a virgin? And I was, what? and like, she was joking around, like I'm out, like I'm on, no, I'm with my dad, but like I'm on my own kind of doing things and everything. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, about a year ago. <laughs> God, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cause like, I didn't go, you know, I understand. although I could have, I'm sure, but I never, you know, you never what? Had the, had the conversation like, oh, I had sex. Oh, but, you know, oh right, 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 right. Um, yeah, so I could tell her anything except about her. Um, but I also, when I think about when I think about the yelling aspect, I, I I'm not angry about it. Like I I was a I didn't listen. I didn't do what I was supposed to. You know that kind of thing. Um, do I think it was the best form of a communication? Maybe not. I, I'm also not scarred by it. I mean, there's other things I'm scarred by, but the yelling part isn't one of them. Um, Not to say that other people aren't, right? I think we all react differently to things and every situation is different. But um, yes, am I aggressive in my... So I have two things to say about this. I do think that I can be very overpowering in my communication, right? I think that I can... um, I think that I can sort of uh, get maybe over communicative and 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 beat it, you know, beat a dead horse or whatever that is. Um, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, but it was right. Also, I think that on a daily basis, I am a very you know loving, grateful, like appreciative person who shows all of those things I also think maybe not in the first 10 or 12 years of our marriage but after that I also think I was the type of person who apologized and we're going to get into apologies but I know that I would maybe not right away but certainly soon after would apologize for things that I really thought I needed to apologize oh, okay. for. There is the kicker, right? Well, there. Yeah. yeah, right. I'm not going to fucking apologize if I don't think I need to apologize. I know you won't. Well, I, I think that most people would say that. <laughs> I don't, well, I'm <laughs> sorry for having great tits and a nice ass. Like, what am I? I don't think that. I think that's what. I think that's what the response should be when someone wants an apology when they when they don't deserve it. Like, you know, I I don't think that. I think there are times when apologies are very, very necessary. But just because you think you you don't owe an apology, apology doesn't mean you don't owe an apology. So there's a difference. Okay. Yeah. But, but I do apologize when I think I need to. Right. Okay. Yeah. We, so it's not can. the type of situation, though. I've been in a fight with someone where I've said to them, like, have you ever apologized to someone? And they would be like... I would apologize if I had anything to apologize for, but I've never apologized. So it's not that. But I also do think that there are times when I don't, I don't, I don't want someone to give me an insincere apology. Yeah. Understood. What's the point? I mean, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are you done? (laughs) Yeah. 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 So yes, I think I am aggressive in, in that, in that respect, in many respects. 
But I think you can be assertive at times too, right? Like I think you want to get your point out with having some understanding of, I guess in this case, my feelings, right? Like you're not just a hundred percent. I'm trying to be nice, by the way, by saying you're not just aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I I think there's, you know, and in no way are you at all, eh, maybe a little bit passive aggressive. Do you think you are at all? Passive aggressive? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. When I can't get, when I can't get my point across and it seems useless, I become passive aggressive. You don't think you ever start out that way and you're like bottling things up and like don't want to talk well, about you it. Well, you talk you about which one you are and then I'll react to that. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what do you mean by that? <laughs> I, I'm assuming I am mostly passive aggressive. Would you like You're to a stonewaller. concur with that? So is there a difference? Because we kind of said they're very similar. I, I guess it would go under passive aggressive, but you're the extreme version of that because you just won't even acknowledge the problem. Okay. I I think I think you're right and I think that probably stems from a few different things. Number one, I I don't like confrontation. Like I'm not comfortable with confrontation. You like don't I, say. I don't like, you know, if if I if if it comes to be and then I get I you know, I lash out or whatever, I guess. So I I guess I do kind of bottle it up but you know another reason might be like we both say we're kind of scared of each other we're both scared to say something to each other right and you're better at actually vocalizing it than i am but i don't want to say it because i don't want to know why i'm upset with you about something and it turns around that it's because i didn't do this or had i been there to take it like it was it's if you've done something wrong i, I like now i've learned to like think back twice like Wait, I'm upset at Danielle for something. Wait, what did I do to make her? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, so I've learned to do that. But even if I can get past that and be like, fuck, no, it's not my fault. I still Mm -hmm. don't even (laughs) vocalize it because I don't because I I, I know, you know, your style with this. I'm just not going to. I'm not I I don't I'm not going to be right in the end. That's how I feel. I taught you well. <laughs> no, <laughs> but but it's bad because it's like kept, no, you know. I I look. I think once we can get past the foundation of all the issues that there was never closure for in the past, you know that that's what we're sort of trying to do. That there's all these issues from the past that because you stonewall, because you don't like confrontation, because you don't like. Just communication in general. Not anymore. <laughs> I'm a bit better with words now. Yeah, you're great in some situations. Not so great in others. Mm-hmm. But I think that I get so explosive because it's so triggering to me when certain things come up because I think to myself, well, wait a second. I've never even gotten, you know, an apology or any kind of accountability or anything for so many things. And now he's going to bring up this thing. Like there's so many layers that I need like a clean slate. It's a hard, this is a hard, like with all the mistakes that I've made and all the things that I've done, right? How can I be upset with you for this thing, which is not even comparable? Like, so, well, you will be able to, once we can get past this other stuff. All right, let's get past it. So, before we move on from like all this, I, I don't want to forget to say 
we I think we grew up in a time also where um look, not only now I think people are more mindful, right? People are more about learning how to take care of themselves, not through, you know, jazzercise and you know, microwave meals like we were in the 80s, but through <laughs> actual mindful behavior, right? Through, you know, meditation, journaling, um, you know, going to places that help you grow and evolve and all this well, stuff. And like, like therapy becoming normalized and okay. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, acceptable and, you right. know, all that kind of I stuff. I think now... All the apps out there, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, look, we're not all... We're not there yet. There's still a lot of like, you know, all this wellness shit and yeah, well, all this stuff. Whatever, but that's okay. We're, we've made progress. <laughs> right. But I think that there not only was there no outlets for communication when we were younger like where are you learning to communicate you know like I said like full house you know there's no there was no but also we had um talk tv we had talk shows that was really you know supposed to be like the quote-unquote you know television therapy for the 80s and 90s right the oprah the jerry springer jerry springer sally jesse raphael we all learn everything mari povich um you know jenny jones um all of these play you know all the those were sort of that was supposed to be first of all none of them were therapists right like they would have therapists on but the topics were also salacious you know it would be like my teen dresses like a whore and how do I get I my think, wasn't Jerry Springer a senator before he started a sh- I think he was I don't know something well I think his real life self and his TV show self were very dichotomous it's a, it's a character it's a, you know yeah they're characters exactly yeah. well look looking back you know I I love Oprah for many reasons and I think she's done a lot of good I also you know can see now the rise of some of the people who she you know got to be famous who probably w- was a mistake to allow them to you know be as famous as they wish give people a platform that she shouldn't have been you know she she you know brought a wagon full of fat to show how much weight she'd lost like all these things now that we can consider kind of questionable or whatever um at the time you know she was the mecca she was mm-hmm. the person and i do think she's done so much good i really do but i also now looking back see how problematic it is it is you know even Do- donahue was you know supposed to be this look they all had but, but for the i i don't like doing this because i think for the time they were doing what was right for the people of that time and what society was and right well like, and there's things happening now too that we're going to look back on in 10 and 20 years and say how the fucking you know like that makes no sense that was okay but also these were platforms that you know could have been used for healthy communication but, and but stuff. they thought it was right so i, I don't know that uh you don't think Maury Oprah, Povich no, no, and, no of course I jerry think, springer and like like those shows no i think some things that she did were for salacious reasons. Oh, you don't think and it was all for like good intention and like I think some of it. I think some of it she you wow. know, she I never wouldn't. thought you would say one negative thing about Oprah. Yeah. I don't it, know if I'm impressed feels or really, saddened yeah, or what. I feel guilty saying it. But you can look, you can look back at you know, um at a lot of things. And of course, I know she probably did the best with what she had, but that doesn't mean that it didn't negatively impact a lot of mm-hmm. people, you know? 
Um, and so, but that was really our, I came home and watched those talk shows all the time. I stayed home from school sick. That's what I watched, you know? So that was sort of the communication element of... That's um, what I watched at your apartment when you went out to work and I was staying there waiting for you to come home. Uh, with your hands <laughs> on your pants, like it was married with children. Yes, I remember that. But, you know, but th- there aren't, there weren't a lot of, like the one thing I can remember is Prince of Tides, which I'm sure you didn't see, which is Streisand and Nick Nolte. No. Barbara Streisand and Nick Nolte where she's his therapist and, you know, he's going back. He had a terribly abusive childhood and everything. And then, like, later in the movie, he fucks her. So, like, there's that. Well, so, now I can't see it. Yeah, you aren't going to see it. But, um, but you know, like, there wasn't much out there in terms of, you know, I guess Kramer versus Kramer and everything. But anyway, I, I just don't know where we were learning skills, mm-hmm. you know. But so. I guess that's what's so great about, now, look, there's, you know, there's positives and negatives for, you know, today's society with phones and the apps and, you know, technology and but, you know, it's a good thing because I think that some of the most heavily promoted apps that I'm seeing out there are well-being apps. And, like, you know, it reminds you to stop for 10 minutes during your day and breathe mm-hmm. or, you you know, stretch or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's tons of apps out there that are for your well-being. And for, I think I, I think for the right reasons, maybe in 20 years we're going to look back at these things and say, why were we doing these? That was no good for us mm-hmm. for whatever reason. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You just don't know at the time. Yeah. You know? Right. Bringing out a wheelbarrow of fat 30 years ago was right for the time, I guess. You mm-hmm. know? Who knows? Right. Right. But even in school and stuff, you know, there was no, you know, maybe you had like guidance once a week or whatever, but I don't even know what we were talking about or learning. But no. um, but we never learned how to interact with the people who were closest to, which is so freaking weird. And I guess it's because there's no money in that. Right. I mean, there's no money in just taking the time to I mean, even when you think about the major of communications in college or, you know, psychology or sociology and everything like it's not really teaching I mean, it's teaching interaction with the idea of becoming successful right you you know how do you advertise how do you market how do you those kinds of mm-hmm. things but and therapy is you're with a stranger who is telling you their problems which is obviously i'm a huge proponent of therapy but there's nothing that's sort of like this is how you sit down with your person and discuss you know I mean, yeah, I mean, that the only way that we can, I guess, access that information is through therapy, like to go to couples counseling or go by yourself and talk about what you want to talk about with your partner or what you want. Like, that's really the only real true method of getting that done. Right. Right. Or having I mean, I think, you know, women gathering and stuff. I mean, when I'm with my best friends, it is. A form of therapy. I mean, I, you know, my best. Yeah, but that's more of just, correct me if I'm wrong. Obviously, I'm not there, so I don't know. It's a more of a release than it is to actually look for guidance and assistance. Oh, no, I totally look for guidance and assistance from my friends. It's not just like everybody's like, my fucking husband, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, Uh, can we relate to each other? Like, I feel better because your husband does that too. You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe sometimes, but. But, you know, I went for a girl's night with my, my best friends. I always picture the view. <laughs> like talking about, right, you know. Right. I guess like, that was also for a long time. Like yeah. Like a big, yeah. I don't want to say, like, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, come across. But it's just like, 
women yapping about nonsense and like isn't there a family guy episode yeah it's like four chickens sitting around a table clucking to each other and it makes you know they're not talking (laughs) Mm -hmm. they're talking nonsense Mm -hmm. they're not talking about anything real right you know yeah um (laughs) but you know i went on a girls night with my best friend two weeks ago overnight and we really from 5 p.m until 3 30 in the morning we literally sat on the balcony and just like ordered food and drinks and just talked yeah it was I mean, I was so exhausted after because we were crying and we were, you know, she's going through stuff. I'm going through stuff. But also, like, you don't have that. And I feel bad that you don't have Mm -hmm. that. But I also know you wouldn't utilize it. I, I, or I don't think you would utilize it. I might. Like, I think I'm ready for that. Like, I, I, I just went out to, you know, to dinner with one of my friends recently and it's been a, how, how a year, two years since I've done that before. Like, I know I made you a play date. Yeah, you made me a play date, and I was so thankful and appreciative. And nothing, we, we didn't talk about anything to accomplish anything or like mm-hmm. talk about our feelings and thoughts, and, you know, <laughs> what was going on. And it's it just like, you know, whatever, who cares, day to day, you know, you know, work or society or, you know, like just interesting topics that we were interested in talking, like those kind of things. And, I really feel like I could use more of that, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I feel bad get... for guys. Well, not all guys. I mean, I used to do it a lot more often than I am now. It's, I think also, you know, we've moved further away from people that we know. I know I don't know anybody here, you know, and driving an hour to go yeah, out to dinner. Yeah, but you weren't doing it before we moved it, here. It's been, I think, like, COVID fucking changed me. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I really, I, I I had no no drive at all to go out and and continue those male bonding relationships but now mm-hmm. i'm feeling kind of like maybe it's time you know well but it, i think also it's hard on the partner of somebody who doesn't do that because you know i always say like i love being your person and everything but also i'm your person so you know i love that you only want to be with me in a sense <laughs> and i love right. that you only want to you know talk like but also when I released all that to Sarah, there was a sense of, okay, I'm a little lighter now. And oh, I, I be... love that you have these friends. Right. Like, and, and these friendships. And I would able to... really love you to have <laughs> that too. <laughs> all you right. know, I mean, there is a lot of pressure in being the one um, to, for, you know, the, the one everything for somebody. And on one hand, it's like, obviously, you know, I'm. I, I love that because I love knowing that you love to be with me, but also it's a lot. Mm-hmm. I understand that. Yeah. Um, I'm having a lot of trouble concentrating right now. I have to pee so bad and we're so far past needing to take a break. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Okay. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film. If only in theaters May 17th, do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm curious to know, do you think we've progressed in our communication I mean, I think, you know, we still have our styles. We still have our, I think we're both trying to work through a little bit, but have we gotten better in certain areas? Yes. We've absolutely, yes. Good. That, I'm going to definitely say yes. Leave it at that. 
Okay. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, I think um, communi- communicating about the kids, mm-hmm. I think we're much better about. Um, I You have stepped up. Certainly, you know, first of all, when last year, when our middle son especially was going through stuff, you really stepped up and, and helped. Um, and I think now we sort of, even like the little details, you're – you're going and, you know, checking what's going on at school and, you know. Yeah, but focus back a little bit back when, you know, our middle son is going through his stuff. Like, I feel like that was the first time that we were in that together. Like, we were communicating yeah. 100% of the way, every step of the way, mm-hmm. and dealing with it together at the same time. And I, th- I think, you know, we found, you know, a resolution together. And we're able to attack this thing head on a little bit better than we would have had in the past. Well, yes, except that what I've learned since we got here is that I'm also being punished for those decisions, you know, because they were expensive decisions. I don't think you're being punished. It's just maybe it's my passive aggressive tendencies that we have. It feels like a punishment. Then we need to be able to, I need to be able to feel comfortable enough to talk to you and make it our problem and not feel like it's my problem. You mean finances? Yeah. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Because at this point feeling like, I feel like that end of it is all me and it's, it's it's not because you certainly let it me, you know, even if you're not saying it to me. I believe we are communicating all day long, just as humans, right? Mm. I truly, truly believe that. We can sit down and have all the talks we want. You know, we can apologize. We can say all the things, but it is the behavior that is the evidence. And so, you know, that is hard because when you think that you're communicating in a certain way and then the actions are counterproductive you know, then it's sort of like, well, what, what, what's the point? Right. So I need to be able to feel more comfortable talking to you about this stuff to make it so we can attack it head on together and not feel like it's a situation that I have to figure out somehow. You know right. what I mean? Right. And I'm not going to get into too much detail, but I do think that there are ways that I step up and do make sure that we have help. But, but mm-hmm. yes, a hundred percent. But also, um, I think that there are certain things that need to happen in conversation before that um, in order to understand, like, like obviously when, when we act a certain way, there's stuff behind it, all of us, you mm-hmm. know, there's, there's lots of layers. And I think that um, with those layers – we need to understand one another on a deep level and, and understand the reasons for maybe why we're acting a certain way or doing a certain thing. I don't know if this makes any sense. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to follow. Yeah, but I think sometimes we say, I need support in this. And rather than saying, like, let's talk about maybe why you haven't been, like, how what can we unpack here 
to get to the point where we can have this open communication. It's not going to just happen, right? Like we have to be able to talk. So many of us have so much history and so much stuff that we're holding on to that we have to feel safe enough to say, you know, look, I, I, I can't move on from this until we've really unpacked it, until we really have spoken about it, until I see the behavior that matches the communication, all of the, that, those things. Like you can't just pick and choose what you need to communicate about. It needs okay. to be... It needs to be, I want to talk about everything, not just this one thing, because that's what affects me. Okay. I think I get it. Yeah, like, there's so many issues that we need to unpack that you focus on this one issue because that is the one that affects you the most. Well, or no, because it's current and happening now. So fucking affects- is all this other stuff. No, I... Understood. I'm just saying maybe that's where my main focus is, is because I'm dealing with it today. You know, it's not like Dom's still dealing with a whole lot of shit today. Yeah, understood. So until we can get, you know, like you can't just be like, I, you know, I need to communicate. Like there's a whole host of stuff that needs to get delved into for both people and both people need to feel like it's getting addressed Rather than just we constantly talk about this one issue and this is seems like the biggest issue in our relationship because this is the one that impacts you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so there has to be that that feeling of, OK, he is acknowledging and valuing the shit that I need communicated to um, in order to get there. And also, I think that um you know, I think that also has to do with, like, I want to get into apologies. I don't want to let this episode go. I and mean, we could do, you know, a whole other episode on apologies. But I also think that there is this idea about apologies <clears throat> that, look, apologizing is hard as shit for so many people, for so many of us. I mean, especially, cons- you know, depends on the situation and the person and what's the history and all of this stuff on a general level. Many of us didn't hear apologies or healthy apologies growing up, either between our caretakers or us or, you know, we just didn't hear it a lot. And I think also there's this idea that apologizing is the last step when really in a lot of ways, apologizing is the beginning of the healing step, just the beginning. Just the first step, right? I think some people see it as the conclusion. Okay, they apologize. Now we can move on. When really, no. They apologized. Now we need to work on the progress. We need to work on matching the actions with the words, right? You can say you're sorry all day long and cry your heart out and tell someone how regretful you are about what you've done um, and say, I, I, I want to know what you need and this and that. But if the actions that follow don't match the words, then it's just, it's all horseshit. Okay. <laughs> it's all horseshit. I'm talking a lot about horses this episode. No? <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it, there's, there, there's a total disconnect. I know what you're, tr- I know what you're saying. I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but I, and I think that that's a problem that we look at it. We look at apologizing as the last step for until before like of renewal or of healing when really a lot of times it's the first step. I mean, mm-hmm. 
most of the time it's the first step. And so, you know, you, you, you apologize, hug it out or whatever, and then someone can just go back to past behavior and it's like, well, what the fuck was the point of the apology? What, so you can feel better? So that you can feel like you were the bigger person, you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I, I feel like if we can do what we've done as far as communication in the bedroom. I know you were going to say that. Yep, I agree. And then bring that out to everyday yes. life for us. It would be so much better off. Why, why do you say you, you knew I was going to say that? Because it's so obvious. Our communication, you know, we talked about. I'm not, I'm not talking about just talking like during sex. No, 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 or, no. no. Yeah. Oh, oh, the whole bed, the whole, our whole intimate life, you know, which I say a lot, you know, we all have gone through phases as every couple has, you know, and I think, like I said, for the most part, you know, we ha- always had a good intimate well, life to we, a degree. We always had a good sexual. Good sex. Yeah. Yeah. But I think the difference now is we've been able to more communicate, number one, vocally, number two, mm-hmm. with our bodies, mm-hmm. number three, you know, it's vocally, but like letting each other know. What we, you know, what works, what we like, what mm-hmm. we don't like, what we, you know, and all oh, the, yeah. and I think we're at a place where we've heard each other and we know what we should be doing and we know what works for you or what works for me. Like, yeah. like our nonverbal communication skills in the bedroom are just, I think, tremendous at this point. Yeah. Like we, we just know what works for us. Yeah. And the initial conversations for that were really hard. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, if the people listen to the navigating the sex talk demons episode, which was our top episode of the year, I think because so many people could relate it. It was a really hard first conversation. And then, you know, a few after that and then some other stuff that we sort of incorporated into the mix to make it where it is now. And yeah, I mean, that was a, a true testament to what happens when you actually allow communication and open yourselves up to it. A hundred percent. I think, I think that the disconnect there between the Adam who is in the bedroom and the Adam who is outside the bedroom is that I think you were never, I think communication wasn't really a big thing when for you when you were growing up. And so in the bedroom, it's private. Nobody's seeing it. You're not doing it in front of anybody. It's just us, right? Me, yes and no. It's also more. You've been putting it on the internet. (laughs) It's also make four dollars like that, (laughs) right? It's also more of Danielle in the bedroom versus Danielle outside of the bedroom. The communication style is very different, and I'm more open to and appreciative of the fact of what you're looking for. I don't agree. I think that you don't have to agree. I'm telling you the way I feel. I I understand, but I I think that. Maybe the old me, I think the last year or so when I was so desperate to try to change our behavior towards each other outside the bedroom, I really stepped up and I really, really was very loving and affectionate and would constantly tell you how grateful I was and everything that I, I, I really don't agree with that. I, I, I think that. You once said to me, you're not affectionate enough to me outside the bedroom. And I was sort of like, yeah, because I hate you. No, I mean, 
I was probably. I, I thought even that would happen. Bit. I thought I'm, I, I, I mean, a little bit. That was a little bit. A little real. bit. But also, I don't hate you. I obviously love you so much, and I want to feel connected to you as much as possible. That sometimes it almost seems like weak and desperate. Um, but I think that look, I'm not a Gottman fan, but the I they have. It's just ubiquitous. All their stuff, the, the Gottmans. And so they have, you know, they, they say that all day long you're giving each other thousands of bids, B-I-D-S, bids, okay. where you're either turning towards or away from each other, right? So towards would be, you know, I reach out and I touch your shoulder or I give you a hug or I tell you, you know, I ask you how your day was mm-hmm. or I said you want to watch a show together. Turning away from is, you know, you move, like if one of you moves further away on the couch or um, you know, you don't touch somebody back or you are the first one to let go of a hug, or whatever. Like those are bids of turning forward in a way. I think that my bids, again, I'm not a huge common fan, but this is the only way I can describe it, are have like <clears throat> towards you were far su- surpassed the bids <clears throat> away from you. And I think your okay. bids away from me far surpassed your bids I think me. you were all of those things until it came down to a, a point of well I want to talk to you about something that I, I'm upset about or something I think you've done or we didn't even get to the point of maybe well why is that right so you're saying you wanted to talk to me about something whatever yeah whatever it was like I think you were all those things you were affectionate you were grateful you were loving you were all but if you know your defense mechanism like just comes up so quickly. If I bring up something that, Hey, listen, this is bothering me. Let's talk about it. Well, so, yeah, because until, because why would somebody be open to talking about something they did wrong when the other person has so much, when, when the person has so much unresolved trauma from the past, like, no, 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 I understand, but we've right. gone through this for, for so long already. I understand it at this point. I'm trying to explain why was I the way that I was because I wasn't there yet, right? So, like, we're not ready to talk about, hey, what are the issues with Danielle? Like, we're, we're not there. We're focusing on how can we fix things that have happened in the past and work through those things and go through the apologies and all those kinds of things, and then we can move on. Okay. Does that make sense? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm agreeing with you. Okay. I, I think. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like in order for one partner to sit down and really talk about stuff, there has to be a sort of, okay, well, you've done it for me um, when there was tons of stuff to talk about and everything you have to feel seen and valued and safe Mm -hmm. and to talk about something you have to know that um the other person is doing that same work right and so it's 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 hard Mm -hmm. yeah okay yeah all right i i have a few stats and stuff here are you interested to hear them what are they about communication or apologies or okay yeah all communication Mm mm-hmm um, and oh, stonewallers, that's what you were talking about before. 85% of stonewallers in heterosexual relationships are men. <laughs> 80% of the time, women bring up issues in heterosexual relationships, just like you were saying before, right? Women are wanting to speak out more and communicate more. What was that? How many? How much percent? 80% of the time, 
in heterosexual relationships, women bring up issues. Okay. I thought this was interesting, too. The average couple waits six years to seek help for marital issues. Do you know how many fucking episodes I've said that oh, in? And right, we were sitting right on. there. <laughs> what did I say? I don't know. Probably <laughs> great. <laughs> um, working through issues with your partner. Uh, if you Doing it in person, like looking at each other like we are right now. Um, men are 40%. Women are 48% who prefer to do it in person. Wait, what was the opposite? What would what were the like interpretive dance? What what's the what does 30, that mean? Thirty one percent of men and thirty five percent of women prefer over a phone call. Twenty one people still talk on the phone of men. Twenty four percent of women prefer to text with each other to work out their issues. Ooh, that's not good. <laughs> we do that sometimes. It's really hard to convey. Remember in the back of my parents' text? car. Yeah, when we were text fighting, <laughs> yeah. we were like 21, 22. Yes, we were text fighting with each other. Um, there are oh. that's hard though, text fighting. It's not fighting; it's working out. I guess it is fighting. How but do it's, you do that through? I, I mean, know. when you're at work, don't get me wrong. I will send you a novel. If I, you, oh yes, if I know. you leave for work and there's an unresolved issue, oh, you're gonna get a 250 page essay for me mm-hmm. via text. Oh, I know. And it's going to come through in a thousand different texts. No shit. Well, yeah. you signed up for that when you married ding me. Ding the shit out of my phone. Yeah. Um, people who use tech to communicate with each other. Uh, there are there are things you can do to use technology to help with your communication. Like set reminders on your phone to check with your partner throughout the day just to see what's going on, just to remind yourself, that kind of thing. If you're busy throughout the day and you don't think about that, that's a way to just... <laughs> what? I don't know. When I want you to send me a text because you're like uh, desperate to talk to me. But it, but if you're like in a meeting or if you've been doing whatever all day, you especially sit on your computer and you're working without thinking about anything else. Something could pop up on your computer after an hour and be like, hey, text Adam. Say hi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, all right. I'm not going to go through them then. No, go ahead. No, no, no. you what? don't like it. No, no, say it. But I mean, the texting through guys. I, mean, I, I do. <laughs> There's have just ways to it. use technology to help with your communication. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all I was saying. Okay. <laughs> I didn't mean to downplay all right. it. All right. I'm going to skip over that. Moving on with technology. 88% agree that. I, have you heard of this word, technoference? I mean, I can tell you what it is right. without even but, knowing. Right. I never heard of it, but obviously, when you hear it or mm-hmm. see it. 88% agree that technoference is a big problem in our society, with 62% of those surveyed agreeing that it is a big problem in their family, which makes sense. 45% consider technology a big problem in their marriage, and more than one-third of the adults use technology in their bed every night or almost every night. Even more, 43% report that their spouse or partner uses technology in bed every night or almost every night. Like... Technology is taking over and we're all not communicating because people are on their phones or people are on their computers or that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's getting in the way. Um, 53% believe they personally are on their cell phone too much, while 59% believe their spouse or partner is on their phone too much. So I, uh, more than half of us are thinking, you know, we're not communicating properly because we're on our phones and we're doing stuff, whether it's work or TikTok or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. So it's a problem. 
mm-hmm. and that's an issue with you know we're trying to communicate with each other in an effective way and we can't because we feel can i you know can i say to you put your fucking phone down so we can talk or whatever you know what i mean yeah, like, but if i put my phone down you're not going to really talk right to me. exactly i don't say that because what am i, what yeah, am I gonna say? I mean, you're gonna sit you're gonna sit there and look at me and be like now what <laughs> right. what movie should we put on <laughs> I think, you know what? You said that to me also the other day. And what did I say? Like, I don't want to watch another movie. We just watched a movie yesterday. I don't want, like, I enjoy that. I love, like, that's one of my favorite things to do. That's why I have no friends. Because <laughs> <laughs> I like to sit on the couch with you and watch a movie and have wine together. Uh-huh. And I like, like to do that too, but not every night. yesterday. Uh, yeah, we did it yesterday, so now it's, you know what I mean? Like, Oh, you know there's a whole lot more to that okay. than what you're talking about that we can talk about in another episode. Sure, but fine. that's not, you're making it sound like that's an isolated thing. It's not. No. Point is, you're phone addicted. That was the point. Yeah, I am phone addicted, but I also, I am phone addicted. Look, I text my friends way too much, and I know I text my friends way too much. But also, I... I am on my phone already because of work all the time. I mean, all the time. Mm-hmm. And also, I like I, I like reaching out to my friends. My, I mean, I'm, I text my girlfriends all the time because I you like escaping to that world of they're you know, nice everybody. to me. <laughs> you like be you know they like me. They really like. <laughs> they they really probably fucking like hate you. me because I text them too much. Right? But yes, they do. Um, but that no. should, that's what I wanted to do in the game, by the way, that we had when your family was over for our Hot Hanukkah seat. celebration. Um, Hot seat. If you guys haven't bought that game, it's really fun on Amazon. I mean, it's, it's kind of fun. Oh, I loved it. I mean, we had a great time. I mean, because it's us. We were laughing hysterically. <laughs> yeah, we played it. I mean, Jonah, our 12-year-old, played. It was really fun. Yeah, and yeah. he had some really good, He was so good. Yes. Responses. Yes. Uh, what was I saying? It's sort of like a Balderdash type game. Um. Oh no, no, because no. your your thing was what your New resolution. Year's resolution should be, mm-hmm. right? And my what I wanted to say, but we're like in that place that I didn't <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. Like I doesn't matter. What what I mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com What I wanted to say to you was, take, take your texts and put them into one instead of 30. Okay. That would be a good New Year's resolution for you. Because mm-hmm. you could say all the things you're saying in 30 text and put it into one or two. I don't make resolutions. <laughs> I only make reveals. I don't believe in resolutions either. I don't either. Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. Wait, wait, wait. No, oh. no. Well, so first of all, what I wanted to say is when I, was, more. when I was researching for Mia, so I, went, I mean, there's so much more about apologies. We, I guess we could do a whole that's episode. Not, yeah, on, that's not really. that. Um. Yeah, I get. We'll do another episode on apology. Did we even really strike, like, scratch the surface with that? But one of the things before me went to college, I like looked at one of those lists, like all the things your kids should know before they go to college. You know, like Mm -hmm. how to change a flat tire, like all that stuff. (laughs) Not gonna happen. (laughs) 
But actually, at the top of the list, I think one or two was how to apologize, right? And I love that that they that they put that as first because it is true that going out into the world, I don't know. I would like to raise people who know how to effectively apologize and you know again not when they not I don't want them to be pushovers I don't want them to be doormats I don't want them apologizing if they really truly think they don't need to but if they I think it's a skill it's knowing when you're wrong knowing when you made a mistake and how yeah to I think it's an invaluable skill and step up and right but admit I admit when you've you know hurt right. somebody you know whatever you're apologizing for Right, but it's hard because you need to be in a situation where both people will do it. And, you know, I think that's a really hard thing to make happen, that you have two people who both effectively know how to apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, all right, we'll do another episode just on apologies uh, because I have a lot. Look at all that. Mm. It's fun. I'm it's all sure. really. It's good it's stuff. It's fun. Some of it's fun. I had like a little game I wanted to play about apologizing, where I just say you just what say you need all the make. things that I <laughs> yeah no 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 I, I, I was gonna talk about famous apologies and have you tell me whether you think it was a good apology mm-hmm. or not. All right, say like it. like famous people who have had to apologize I get for it. stuff yeah. so they wouldn't get canceled or after they got canceled. So um, yeah. So anyway, um, first of all, my workshop which is going to be phenomenal, is going to be uh, January 25th, 26th, 27th. Um, please go to beyondpermission.com and sign up. I would love to hang with you guys. Um, there's reg- regular registration and then VIP where we stay after in a very small group and do like girl talk and talk about all the stuff from the sessions of the day and you're going to get an awesome swag box of all different stuff and it's just going to be really fun. Um, and you can do Unlearn 25 for $25 off. And also Valentine's Day is coming up. If you have not ordered the date night book or gotten that for somebody who you love, um, it's a really great gift. And um, I know we have some kind of promo code for that, which I'll put in the show notes. But um, I, Don't we always have I think M&M it's Reco- podcast? I think Reconnect for 15% off maybe is one of them. I think m M&M and podcast always works too. Oh, okay, good. Either of those. All right. So anyway, uh, yeah. All right. Thank you guys All very right. much. Bye, love you. Guys. Bye, guys.